You know, there's a lot of news report right now just on the fact of what's happening in Florida with, I believe it's Hurricane Ian right now. And there's also just a lot of other news that's happening within the market that's not being talked about as much. And this podcast can get a very interesting today because we got to dive a little bit into the politics side a little bit more towards the end when we have to talk about the oil and gas pipeline that recently Nord Stream 1, I believe it was, that has that's that pretty much is having a leak right now. These events, there's always something bigger happening out there, fellow podcast listeners. I've just come to the conclusion, whatever a new story is focused on, it means there's other events that aren't being talked about. And we're going to talk about a little bit some of these events today. For instance, first off today in this podcast, we're going to be talking about Apple stock as it dips on report that the company's bailing on plans to boost new iPhone production. Then other big news that recently happened, the U.S. is fining Wall Street Bank's firms about $1.1 billion, or actually, correction, $1.8 billion over failures in monitoring how staff use personal phones to talk about work. This is a crazy story to get into. Okay. Uh, sign is to cut workforce by 9%. That's another article we'll get into later today. And then we'll end today talking about Nord Stream 1 Pipeline. A other pipeline that just happens to be opening up around the same time when Nord Stream 1 is leaking gas and what that potentially means and what it could mean for the markets going forward. With that being said, as I always remind you at the beginning of each podcast, I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before doing any investing as you're not guaranteed to make money in the stock market when you invest. Please go talk to your professional advisor as they will be able to understand your financial situation a lot better than I would. I cannot legally give you financial advice in any way, shape, or form. With that, let's begin today's podcast. Apple stock dips on report that companies bailing on plans to boost new iPhone production Shares of Apple fell about 4% on Wednesday on a report that the company that told suppliers to bail on plans to increase iPhone 14 production. Demand for the new mobile, uh, correction, demand for the new models failed to spike as high as anticipated, according to Bloomberg. Apple will no longer aim to increase production by 6 million units in the second half of the year as it had planned, according to the report. The company will strive to produce 90 million units instead, which is roughly in line with Apple's forecast and production from last year, according to Bloomberg. The report also impacted Apple suppliers and manufacturers. Shares of key chipmaker Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing also fell 3%. Shares of Han He, also known as Foxconn, were down 2.9%. Foxconn builds Apple's iPhones. Demand for the app for the iPhone 14 Pro is higher than for the other new phones. Bloomberg reported leading at least one Apple supplier to shift production capacity from the lower tier models to the premium version. An Apple representative declined to comment. You know, probably one of the reasons why Apple's declining is I just don't think a lot of people have money right now. They're not willing to just consistently buy a new phone. I mean, I'll let it be known right now in this podcast. I still have an iPhone 6S. That's like from 2015, 2016 time. Will I get a new phone? Maybe sometime in the future, but I probably have to because I believe the 3G network has already ended up getting cut off. But the thing is, is it just doesn't seem like people are as excited as much to get new iPhones as much. Now, granted, we have talked about in past podcasts how Apple has other products and services that are coming out currently right now. And maybe that's one thing that Apple's going to be banking a little bit on. But, or maybe they're trying to cause a supply and demand issue. Be able to raise those prices a little bit on the iPhone with the few that they do make. It's going to be interesting to see. 
see how Apple spins it going into next quarter if they don't meet the Wall Street estimates for their quarter. So we're going to keep an eye out for Apple because Apple's just a, Apple's a decent, really run company. They're able to keep making money. It seems like in good times and bad times. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this iPhone 14 issue. Now from Business Insider, Wall Street banks, including Bank of America and Goldman Sachs, find $1.8 billion over failures to monitoring how staff use personal phones to talk about work. Several Wall Street banks have been fined a combined $1.1 billion by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and $710 by the Commodity uh, Commodity Futures Trading Commission for not monitoring or keeping records about how staff use their personal phones to message about work. The SEC fines were imposed on 10 large broker dealers, five of them affiliates and one affiliate investment advisor, including Bank of America, Citigroup Global Markets, Credit Suzy Secretaries, Duchess Bank Securities, Barclays Capital, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and UBS Securities. The SEC said Wednesday that the fines covered widespread and longstanding failures by the firm and their employees to maintain and preserve electronic communication. It said that between January 2018 and September 2021, employees routinely used personal devices to communicate about business matters. The firm violated federal security laws by failing to preserve the vast majority of these communications, the SEC said. The offenses involved employees ranging from supervisors and senior executives to junior investment bankers and debt and equity traders. The SEC said it required information about off-channel communications about around 30 senior broker-dealers personally at Goldman Sachs and found that every one of them had taken part in at least some level of off-channel communication. This included one senior investment banker who had sent and received tens of thousands of off-channel text messages concerning these things, including investment strategy and client, mess- and client meetings, the SEC said. It added that the firm cooperated with the investigation and admitted to a wrongdoing. The companies have agreed to pay penalties ranging from $10 million to $125 million each. They also agreed to have compliance consultants review their policies relating to keeping records of electronic communications around on personal devices. The F, the correction, the CFTC also announced settlements with the firms for related conduct on Wednesday. The regulatory said its investigation found that the companies have failed to stop the employees, including those at senior levels, from communicating both internally and externally using unapproved communication methods, including text, WhatsApp, and signal messages. Each company has failed to retain hundreds, if not thousands of business-related communications, including some connected to their commodities and swaps businesses, the, the, the CFTC said. You know, Goldman Sachs, there's a lot of issues with Goldman Sachs. I mean, they're, they, they announced recently they are laying off people. You can listen more about that in a past podcast about Goldman Sachs. We also have discussed in the past about Goldman Sachs about how one of the reasons why Goldman Sachs is probably suffering is because due to lack of IPOs this year. And now this happens to Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, my personal opinion, is probably going to get hammered next quarter. They're going to get hammered hard between these fines and what's also happening with their company, what they're doing financially wise, how their culture is working. Goldman Sachs is going to get hit. They're going to get hit hard potentially wall street's not gonna like what they're gonna hear i would stay away from golden Sachs. i'd stay away from a lot of these banks now granted disclosure i do have a small position in bank of america and it's a i've, I've been in that company for a while but it's just it's just disappointing that these people 
they're not going to be held accountable. And if they are, it's going to be like maybe a suspension. I don't know. It's hard to read in between the lines, but the fact that they're using personal devices to communicate about business and work should be a little bit concerning. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I believe most bankers have a second phone so they can talk about work all the time on their work phones. So why are they talking on personal phones? Might be laziness on their part. But my personal opinion, Goldman Sachs is going to get hit hard. Absolutely hit hard. And I think some of these other banks are going to get hit hard too, depending on how these fines affect their top and bottom line next quarter. Keep an eye out for that. Doku signed to cut workforce by 9% as part of restructuring plan. Doku Sign will lay off about 9% of his workforce as part of the major restructuring plan the company announced Wednesday. The plan is designed to support the company's growth and profitability objectives and improve its operating margin. As of January, DocuSign had 7,461 employees, and it said the restructuring plan will largely be complete by the end of the fiscal year 2023. Shares of DocuSign were up 5% as of 10.35 a.m. Eastern time. It's probably different now. It's expected to incur charges between 30 million and 40 million, largely in the third and fourth quarter of fiscal 2023, as part of the changes. The electronic signature software maker enjoyed a wave of greater interest among investors during the COVID pandemic, as consumers and corporate workers became more reliant on digital ways of to sign documents. But the interest has died down, and shares have fallen below 65% of the year. Several firms downgraded the company's stock in June after first quarter earnings fell short of analysis estimates. Dan Springer, the former CEO, stepped down later this month. DocuSign announced earlier this month that it hired an Alphabet executive, Alan, as its next CEO. You know, the, the, these these they can call it changes what they want. In reality, I think it's just layoffs in the making. And honestly, we've read so many reports these last few months about layoffs happening for companies because they're not making as much money. Now, remember, Google in particular had to lay off. It was either Google or some other company. It's hard to keep track because we talk about so many companies on this podcast. They had mentioned they were laying off people because they had hired too many people during the COVID pandemic. And this seems like to be the same case with DocuSigns right now too. They hired a lot of people because there was a huge demand for their company during COVID. And now that demand's dropping for their business, they have to let people go. In reality, it seems like it's just layoffs in the making because they don't have the income that's coming in to support all these workers. Do I expect this to keep going across the board? Of course. I mean, come come on, even Walmart. Walmart and Gap, I believe, recently both had to announce that they had to lay off employees because they were laying off the white-collar employees in particular. I think Gap had mentioned that they were doing a restructuring plan as well. Hard to remember every details from these articles we read all the time, but... It just seems like there's going to be more layoffs coming coming soon. What I'd be more interesting and interested to know is if a company, I don't know, like Zoom, if Zoom is having to lay off people, Peloton I know for sure is having to let people go because people are not in demand as much for their uh, workout equipment as much anymore. But these stay-at-home companies. I personally would stay away from a lot of these stay-at-home type companies for investing. Not personal financial advice, just me personally, because they're going to get ha- they're going to continue to get hammered, and maybe they end up getting bought out by some other company that sees value in them. That's the only way I can see these companies surviving going forward. Now to get into more political stuff here. 
from the energy markets from CNBC, Europe vows robust and united response to suspect shot sabotage of two Russian gas pipelines. Okay. The European Union on Wednesday raced to find out exactly what happened and why after a mysterious gas leak hit two underwater Russian gas pipelines, a warning of regulatory measures for any deliberate attack on the region's energy infrastructure. In a statement on behalf of the 27 members, EU foreign policy chief said Wednesday that the bloc was deeply concerned about the damage of Nord Stream 1 and 2 gas pipelines connecting Russia to Germany via the Baltic Sea. All available information indicated those leaks are a result of a deliberate act. We will support any investigation amid to getting full clarity of what happened and why. And I'll take further steps to increase the resilience and energy security. Any deliberate disruption of European energy infrastructure is utterly unacceptable and will meet the with a robust and united response. Nord Stream AG, the operator of the two pipelines, said Tuesday that three known gas leaks caused unprecedented damage. The company added that it was not possible to determine when the gas network system capabilities would be restored. Seismologists on Monday reported explosions in the facility of the unusual Nord Stream gas leaks, prompting gas to spew into the Baltic Sea. Denmark's armed forces said video footage showed the largest gas leak created a surface uh, disruption of roughly one kilometer or 0.62 miles in diameter while the smallest leak caused a circle of approximately 200 meters. Danish and Swedish authorities declared a no-shipping zone around the location of the leak, which is situated in international waters, but inside Denmark and Sweden's exclusive economic zone. The cause is yet, not yet known. Some European leaders have suggested possible sabotage, particularly as the suspect attack comes from bitter energy standoff between Brussels and Moscow. European Commission's President Ursa von der Leyen said Tuesday that it it had paramount importance to investigate the incident. Quote, any deliberate disruption of active European energy infrastructure is unacceptable and will lead to the strongest possible response. Yeah, she, this that prime minister seems to be all talk and no, just all talk at this time. I want to get into this. And this is what I find interesting, okay? it's They're saying here, okay, quote, never believe anything until the Kremlin denies it. That's from Timothy Ash, an emerging market strategist at Blue Bay Asset Management, said via email. Okay. This is where things get interesting about these pipelines. Neither pipeline was pumping gas at the time of the leaks, but both lines were still pressurized. Nord Stream 1 stopped pumping gas to Europe indefinitely earlier this month, with Moscow operators saying international sanctions on Russia prevented it from carrying out vital maintenance works. The Nord Stream 2 pipeline, meanwhile, never officially opened as Germany refused to certify it, it for commercial operations due to Russians' invasion of Ukraine. Let's read that part again, because this is important. Neither pipeline was pumping gas at the time of the leaks, but both lines were still pressurized. Okay. There was probably a lot of pressure in those pipes. Okay. Because this is what I don't get. They're blaming Russia for this right now. And if you look at the oil markets currently right now, like there's one section of oil in in Russia, that's up by 0.46 points, I think it was, and one is down. And then you look at other oil markets across the world, and some are up, some are down, it's just give or take. Crude oil in the United States is up, and I believe the Brent crude is up too. But this is what I don't get. They're blaming Russia for sabotaging their own pipeline to Germany, okay? That to me doesn't make any sense, because I did a little bit more research, Okay. And I decided to take a more deep and dive into figure out what Russia exports the most. Okay. Their number one export. Okay. 43% of their total exports. Now, granted, this was back in 2021. Things might have changed, but their number one export is mineral fuels, including oil. 
43% of their total exports, close to 50% of Russia's exports is oil and gas, it seems. Okay. They're number two at 6.4% gems and precious metals. That is a huge, huge gap. Because everything under that is under 6%, like iron steel is at 5.9%, fertilizers at 2.5%, wood is at 2.4%, machinery, including computers, which is the only tech section they currently have on this, okay, is at 2.2%, cereals are at 1.9%, aluminum is at 1.8%, slag and ash is at 1.5%, plastics, plastic articles is at 1.3%, 43% oil and gas, then it goes down to 6.4% gems. It doesn't make sense that Russia would sabotage its own pipeline, in all honesty. Now, there's theories going out there, too, saying, oh, it's the United States causing it, or there's, or it's some other companies that are causing it, or it's Russia that's sabotaging it. They're, they're pointing figures. In reality, it just seems like one of the reasons that pipe exploded finally. Too much pressure. Not, no gas moving. Pressure builds up. Pressure builds up, finally has to have to get out somewhere. It's hard to fully tell in all details if that's really the case. But it's going to be interesting to see what this investigation finds in the end. If it was sabotage, that's a scary thought to think, okay? Because in all honesty, like why would why in particular would Russia cause its own sabotage? And if that's the same case too, why is that most of the oil markets up right now? I mean, even just looking at oilprice.com currently right now, like let, let's let's take a look at some of these. Now, granted, some of these will be changing by the time you hear this podcast. Like as of right now, crude oil in the United States, it's up 4%. Brent crude from Britain is up 3%. Natural gas in the United States up 3.4%. Let's even look at OPEC members. Most of OPEC is up in the positive except for uh, Murban and Kuwait export blend. They're They're kind of down right now as of the recording of this podcast. And like I said, if I look at Russia, when I look at this, one of Russia's is up by 0.46 and another one from Russia is down 0.80%. Makes no sense, okay? I mean, if it was a quote-unquote attack, the market would be panicking like crazy right now. They would be, okay? But they're not. And there has to be another reason too for this. It has to do with what's happening in Poland. This news is kind of hush hush under the radar you might not hear it as much unless you pay attention to podcasters or youtube influencers who talk about this stuff but that's where things get interesting from euro news from poland baltic pipe norway poland gas pipeline opens a key move to cut dependency on russia now this article came out yesterday then the issue happens with Nord Stream today coincidence might be let's read real quick okay it says here leaders from poland norway and denmark have attended a ceremony to mark the opening of the new baltic pipe a key stage into drive to wean poland and europe off russian gas the pipeline will transport natural gas from the norwegian shelf via denmark and through the baltic sea to poland it is the centerpiece of a polish strategy to diversify away from russia and begin years before moscow's february invasion of ukraine triggered a global energy crisis the flows from norway along with the supplies via liquefaction liquefied gas terminals are central to poland's plan the country was cut off from russian gas supplies in april alleged for refusing to pay in rubles the era of russian dominance in the field of gas is coming to an end the era that was marked by blackmail threats and extortion polish prime minister said in an inauguration at, uh, I think it's called Budno in Western Poland. 
Sorry if I said that wrong to my fellow Polish and European listeners. Norwegian Energy Ministry said that it's an important step to the important road to Europe's independence from Russian energy. Quote, we must do everything we can in our can to eliminate energy as an instrument of Russia power. Together, we will defeat Putin. The inauguration came after Danish and Swedish authorities individually several gas leaks. Correction, the inauguration came after Danish and Swedish authorities identified several gas leaks on the Russian-operated Nord Stream pipelines, prompting fears of sabotage. Yeah, okay. We'll continue reading. The Danish system operator in, said, said at the weekend that the Baltic pipeline link could be commissioned at full capacity a month early thanks to good progress on work in Denmark. It brings the planned date forward to the end of November instead of 1st of January. Construction in Denmark has been suspended for nine months for environmental reasons, but resumed last March. Due to extraordinary efforts on the part of everyone involved, we were able to lay the remaining pipeline faster than expected. Fully commissioning can therefore take place ahead of time, said the engineer director of international relations. Baltic Pipe is part of the larger Polish strategy to independence on Russian gas flowing through the Yemo pipeline. It was the cornerstone of the plan. The fact that it's being finalized earlier than expected, of course, comes at a good time since Poland no longer receives the gas it used to. It's from a senior research and global security of Danish Institute of International Studies told Europe, Europe, Euro News. Quote, it, ha- it was, however, always the Polish plan to stop using Russian gas when the contract with Gazprom ran out by the end of 2022. The Poles Energy Infrastructure Minister said on Saturday that the Completion meant Poland should get double the amount of gas originally expected in the last quarter of the year. Norway uh, Equinor said on Friday it has entered into a 10-year agreement to sell natural gas to Poland in a deal covering a volume of 2.4 billion cubic metrics per year, or around 50% of Polish consumption. The Baltic pipe has an annual capacity of 10 BCM. It's good to see that Europe is having some answers. Poland is going to probably make it through this winter in the making. Good job, Poland, for stepping up. I just want to know why this isn't being reported in all honesty. Okay. Now, granted, it's probably not being reported because it's a scary thought to think that we're going to be going to a heavy war conflict because a pipeline has been destroyed and Western nations are blaming Russia. No, I just, I can't see seriously, like we just talked about 43% of Russian exports, at least as of 2021 came from oil and gas. I just don't see a crazy ruler like Putin in general saying, I'm just going to blow up my own pipeline. And honestly, you look at a map of Europe too, in particular, you can actually see all the pipelines and where most of them come from. There's at least three pipelines running through Russia to Europe. One goes through Poland, one goes through Ukraine, and obviously the Nord Nord Stream pipelines. Okay. It would have been four if Nord Stream 2 had gone online, but for the most part, Russia exports a lot of gas and oil to the world. I don't see them sabotaging it. And the markets aren't even reacting to this quote-unquote sabotage either. In reality, it was probably just a buildup of gas just sitting there. It had to go somewhere. And it had been mentioned too in past podcasts, if I'm not mistaken, that they were having to do maintenance and repairs on the on the pipeline as well. News is ridiculous, people. We, we, we the, the truth is out there. You have to be willing to find it. And you also have to be willing to stop listening to a lot of the garbage that's happening out there in the news. Yeah, that's all I got for you today, fellow podcast listeners. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast as every time you like and share this podcast with friends or family and we get new subscriptions, we can help grow this podcast so we'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening 
on Wall Street in general and what Wall Street's not being willing to talk about. Please also share with friends and family as they might be able to enjoy this podcast as well. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.